Smith and Baron, and we are back. Huge shout out to our two sponsors for the second half of our show, which is Five Marketing. Absolutely amazing. If you have any questions about your website or wanting to launch a new website for your new business or update your website for your business. And then Keep It Sarah Simple, Kiss. Um, She is there for all of your dietary needs. She's absolutely amazing, especially when we try to focus on being better with our self-care, health, uh, fitness, all of that. So if you guys have any questions, definitely check out Keep It Sarah Simple. She'll help you out there. All right. So you did some you did some research on the break. I didn't let the grass grow under my feet. Is that what you're you say? You're like me. You're like me now. <laughs> <laughs> so Terry was saying on our uh, before we went to break that you paid sixty two thousand dollars for your cancer. That's what the bill was. That's yeah. not what I paid. Right. Okay. That's what the bill was, um, mm-hmm. and that was in nineteen ninety seven. So in today, I I put in Google what it would be today, and that is one thousand fourteen hundred four hundred and eight dollars. I don't know if I said that right. Wait. right. <laughs> One one hundred and fourteen thousand. Yeah, four hundred and eight dollars. Okay. So it's doubled. About one hundred fifteen thousand. Yes. Mm-hmm. So went from sixty two thousand to one hundred and forty thousand. Mm-hmm. One hundred and fourteen. Yeah. One hundred and fourteen. So, so yeah. this this last stint in the hospital, which was just a, a couple of weeks ago, the reason I went in is because they said my existing kidney was not functioning at the level it needed to be. So they, that's what they were worried about was my existing kidney. And now that I hear that, I got to take care of it. I can't afford it. They take that kidney out, I'm in trouble. You really got it, yeah. Uh, as somebody who's has not had cancer, um, those numbers, the statistics, the shocking information, it scared the crap out of me to where I focus on my health. So you definitely only having one kidney, and I know you use that as an excuse for everything. Everything. <laughs> Spicy food, oh, no, one no. kidney, can't do it. Baron's coming in? No, I only got one kidney. I can't talk to him. <laughs> um, but, yes, it's important because it's, it's not something we can honestly afford. You know, man, uh, Brenda could... Like I said earlier, when you hear that C word, your whole life just stops. It just comes to a stop and you go, whoa. And when I first heard it, I thought, no, nah, they're not talking about me. Well, yeah, they are. They are. And when you heard it, um, I mean, your whole world just stops, didn't it? Like a big fog. Yeah. Everything's in slow motion. You yeah. can't believe how slow it can get. Like yeah. everything gets hazy. You know, it's all hazy, and it's all wandering around you, and you're wondering what's uh, what's going on in the rest of the world. And what's interesting with that you brought that up about your other kidney, and you were in the hospital for a while, and other issues that can happen in your body. You know, we've been talking about the statistics of the price of uh, the financial cost of cancer, but it's not just that initial activity for those first five years, whether you've had a surgery, whether you've had chemotherapy, whether you've had some drugs to help you through. It's not just the first five years. You know, Terry's been through this 25 years, and 25 years later he's still suffering challenges and consequences of that situation and that's another thing for cancer patients the drug effects that can happen from when you went through cancer however many years ago can happen for the whole rest of your life and you can be paying uh, that experience forever of your life forever of your life and so it's not just the actual cancer expense right then it continues that we don't usually think about what about the psychological effect (laughs) No I mean, price on that one. You're gonna you right now. When I was in the hospital a couple of weeks ago, they told me that we're gonna send you in for an MRI. So you're not. I have staples. I have five staples inside of me right now that I can't go in for an MRI. And every six months, I'm supposed to go back in for an X-ray to make sure that the kidney is okay, the cancer's gone. But you know what? That affects your mm-hmm. your psyche. Your psyche, mm-hmm. and it's it scares the hell out of you. 
And how does it work for your family? Maybe you had children, or maybe, like we're talking about Michael, could be one of his siblings that are... My son was seven years old again at the time. He's a paramedic now, and so he's he's kind of on top of it. Um, my wife, Patty, she's a nervous wreck, as, as Amanda mm-hmm. can tell. She knows her. Mm-hmm. She knows, she just, she worries so much about me. Um, I mean, if I, I burp wrong, she thinks it's a problem. Uh, I got a headache. What's the matter? I call the doctor. No, we don't need to call the doctor, but, you know, it does take an effect on the family. Mm-hmm. Very aware. And, and it's great that the family is so aware that they're advocate for you. But at the same time, it's hard on them to be able to have that challenge, always ever present, wondering how that's going to affect you. Mm-hmm. And so there's a huge cha- a huge burden, not only financially, but also emotionally that carries on through that. And the family can be affected and have challenges through it. My husband, he's had um, his grandma passed from cancer. He's had a few members of his family pass from cancer. And he's absolutely terrified of the doctor's office because he's like, I I don't even want to go because I don't want to be told I have cancer. You don't want to hear that C word. He says it's the most terrifying thing. He would rather stay away because it scares him so much because of the trauma that it put him through watching his grandma go through what she did. Yeah. Very interesting. My, yeah. my brother recently passed of, of liver cancer, and he was one of the toughest SOBs I've ever met in my life. Tattoos all over the place, and he just was a mean. But you know what? It beat him. And he told me, he says, I'm not going to die from cancer. It's just not going to beat me. It beat him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's going to take you, it's going to take you. Yeah, absolutely. Our self-care is really important for those yeah. reasons. And now, was it you that told me that cancer is not, it's not, it's it's more of life choices than it is genetics, right? right. It's a combination of both. Right. It's a combination of both. I mean, there are people who will have genetic markers that they could get cancer. Um, and I don't ever want to blame the person. But there are things that we do. There's choices that we make that put us in a position that we might get cancer. And if you Like do, what? Well, what choices like, are we making? Like if you're glazed making, donuts? No. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, that really actually yes, can be. It can be. Yeah. <laughs> well, and actually, only about 5% of cancers are genetic. We get caught up thinking that it is, well, my grandma had it and my mom had it. Actually, only about 5% are genetic. Technically, about 95% are from our own choices. From lifestyle is our choices. Not all of them are choices. Our lifestyle environment, which is not necessarily our choices, or from stress. Most cancers are caused from those three things, and it should be talking about about that in Chris's book. And there's many factors that we can't control, which are usually our environment. The formaldehyde in the carpet that we had, the lead that was in our home as a child that we had no control over, the asbestos that's around, the pollution that we're driving around in, we don't have control of that. But the things that we can control is what we try to control, like our lifestyle, like you were talking about a few minutes ago, Amanda. Mm -hmm. And so realizing that there are some things you can do to help yourself stay away from the cancer or help either prevent it or to keep it at bay once you do have it. I think that's a lot that we try to talk about at Kick and Cancer, improving your lifestyle by your food that you eat, the sleep that you get, which is going to clean out the toxins in your body, some exercise to move that body out and to release those toxins out of it, to help manage the stress that you have. Those are all big things that we like to talk about here at Kick and Cancer. And you were talking about the food that you were eating and the Juice Plus and, and the juicing and getting more vitamins into your body from that. That. And it's interesting to try to get people to realize that um, their food bill and their medical bill are really tied together. Yeah. And you're either going to pay the grocer or you're going to pay the doctor. Mm-hmm. 
And you're either going to take time for your health now with your food and your exercise and your sleep, or you're going to have to take time and make time in the future to be able to solve it when you have these issues that have hit you. And it may not be your own fault. It could have been where you lived. It could have been the water that you drank when you were a kid. It could have been something that you ate as a child. It could have been the environment in which you lived that helped to produce that in your body. Yeah. Well, and, and a good example of what Brenda's talking about, uh, I just recently had a conversation with a lady here in town, and her business is she does radon detecting for houses. So when you're going in to buy a new house, um, she comes in to do a radon detection. And I didn't know a whole lot about radon, so she kind of educated me. But um, radon comes from the ground, and it is an odorless, um, colorless gas but if, if there is radon in your house and you are a smoker, you now have a one in three chance of getting lung cancer. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. And if you aren't a smoker, mm-hmm. you now have a one in 10 chance of getting lung cancer. Mm-hmm. Radon is the second leading cause of lung cancer. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right? So smoking is a decision that you made mm-hmm. that may give you cancer. I'm not, I'm not blaming smokers for the, you know, but it's a decision that you made. Right. But if you have a house, get it tested for radon. So these are the little things that you can do, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, now we can't control pollution in the air, mm-hmm. but we can control exercise and food and, and so a kick and can, so we're trying to give you the things that you can control. Yeah. No, I think since we've started this show, I think I used to go to probably fast food or just out to eat in general, gosh, what, one to two times a week, you know, maybe even mm-hmm. a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Now... I think since our in the last few months, I've maybe gone once or twice, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. I try to make sure I do my... And summertime in general gets a little bit harder to cook at home with the heat and everything. But I've reeled it back in and used um, my air fryer. <laughs> That's a good one I've been using. Mm-hmm. But just making wholesome meals and making sure I get a lot of those vegetables. A lot. Of, I've been really pushing vegetables in my house nice. lately. Well, um, the interesting thing about our bodies is, you know, prior to starting this five years ago, you know, if I was driving from, say, here to Albany or here to Eugene, and I just wanted something to chew on, I'd go through a convenience store and grab some chips or whatever, right? But as you as you begin to eat healthier, then your, your body goes into a state they call it homeostasis, which is the, what our body should be. And the other day, I just took some Peppers, I like red peppers, and I sliced them into little slices, and I put them in a Ziploc bag, and that was my chip. Yeah, that was right. my, that was, and I, and it was like my body was going, "This tastes so good!" Mm-hmm. Right? Five years ago, no, I want some <laughs> chips. Right? And so, as you make changes, then your body goes, "This mm-hmm. is what I w- I should be Thank consuming." You. Right? <laughs> Thank but you. But it's one step at a time. Yes, it is. So it is indeed. So one more interesting, shocking fact for you yes. from this book. Um, it says over $40 billion, that's a lot of zeros, $40 lot. billion dollars is spent every year on cancer drugs around the world. Wow. Mm-hmm. $40 billion wow. Dollars 40 on billion. cancer drugs. Cancer drugs are the second largest category for pharmaceutical sales in the United States after heart disease drugs and are growing twice as fast as the rest of the market. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because there's a lot of TV advertising for, yeah. for these drugs, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Um, this is the point I thought was interesting that Chris makes. The oncology business model is different from other branches of the medicine because you can't buy chemotherapy drugs at your local pharmacy. Hospitals and oncologist clinics buy cancer drugs at wholesale prices, then mark them up and sell them to you 
charging you for the privilege of putting this stuff in your body. There it is. There it is. I knew you'd piss me off at some point. Today. <laughs> there it is. Well, you know, we're like, we did, we're like 40 minutes in for a piss You know? <laughs> um, I think this is how he phrased this. It says, private practice oncologies. This is really going to piss you off, Terry. Mm-hmm. Private practice oncologies make two-thirds of their income on the profit from chemo drugs. Mm. That's mm-hmm. devastating. There you go. Is there a reason they're pushing chemo drugs? Because right. two-thirds of their profit is from chemo drugs. He says wow. this conflict of interest and legal and legal profits on drugs is known as buy and bill scheme is unique only to the cancer treatment world. Really? Hmm. So other places you can't be the you can't be the middleman, right? I mean, if we had a a business where we needed to get pop, we'd have to actually get the soda from Pepsi and then go around and sell. They right. are the middleman. Wow. And because they're the middleman, they can control the profit margin. Two-thirds, I've been in business before. Brenda's husband's in business. Two-thirds profit is unheard of in any business. Y- yeah. That's a 66% profit margin on chemo drugs. Now I really pissed you off. Mm-hmm. Taking it down. Makes you just, mm-hmm. And that, it's that type of information that you give me that makes me want to just do the things like the eating better because it's it's scary that they push these medications on you and it's like, well, is it necessary to my body or is it necessary to your paycheck? Mm-hmm. Makes me want to go and look one? for a doctor. Mm-hmm. One good swift kick. <laughs> When I was uh, when I was uh, finishing up with the cancer treatment, I had metastatic. I mean, I had a, a mastectomy, and we sent in the the cancer tissue to find out how viable it was going to be for chemotherapy. Along your point that you were speaking of there, Baron, and we checked it out, got the information back, and my oncologist literally had the paper in his hand. He was reading it to me, and I had a copy myself, and it showed right there that if I did chemotherapy, that my chances of recurrence of cancer or death within five years was twice as high as if I did not do chemotherapy. Twice as high for return of cancer or death if I did chemotherapy. And yet, he still said, well, we'll just reduce it and we'll do four rounds instead of eight. What sense does that make? (laughs) We can see the paperwork in your hand. We're not, we can read it right there. We can see this. But the point was, he's not making money if I'm not doing some chemotherapy. Right. So let's reduce it by half, and that'll help the patient feel better about it. But instead, we did the high oh, dose Oh, great. Now you're C. pissing Terry off. <laughs> She's already pissed me off now. You, you told me um, probably a few years ago that a lot of the pharmaceutical companies don't want to cure cancer because there's no money in curing it. Well, it, it's... Did it's, I get that right? It's my philosophy, and I think Brent would agree. If they cure you, they stop making money. Right. If they kill you, they stop making money. If they can keep you somewhere in the middle, they're always making money. And, oh, by the way, there's a side effect. We have a drug for the side effect, too. We can help you with that. <laughs> so, it, in my opinion, they're not trying to cure cancer. Hmm. Because they're making Brenda, do you money. agree with that? I would say there's a lot of cures for cancer already out there that have been known for a long, long time. And I think they're definitely being suppressed because there's not a lot of money in it. Mm-hmm. I would have to probably agree with that one. And that's why I am it's always sobering. pushing you to eat better and do better. <laughs> and, you know, every step we can do makes a difference. It can just be a little step along the way. Mm-hmm. It is. I, I go by what Baron has told me. Live the 30-70 or 70-30. 70-30. Be good 70% of the time. And then you have that 30% because we're just human. 
we're human. Right. We like those naughty things and, you know, or we want to skip out on that walk that one day a month or, you know, so it's give your best foot forward, but it's okay to not be a hundred percent because we're, yeah, we're human and it, it. Well, and the guy that taught me that, he said, ultimately, you should live by 90-10 or 80-20, but start 70-30. But the reason he did that is um, his wife was having some real challenges, and so they took food as their medicine, but they did it 100%. So if they went out to eat with friends, there was nothing on the menu that was going to work because they were such a strict, right, so strict. It got to the point that food wasn't fun anymore. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, food is part of our social world. And so he said, we had to start living our life by the 80-20 rule. And we knew that the 20% probably wasn't the best, right. but at least we could go have some fun again. And, and I think that if we all just start living our life by what we know is healthy, but leave some room for some fun, and just know there might be consequences right. for the fun. You know? And I think I showed it to you a few weeks ago that um, there was a day that I planned poorly, and I think I went through a Taco Bell because I, did, I didn't plan well enough for the need. And about seven hours later, my bathroom reminded me that that was a poor choice. <laughs> <laughs> it rejected that food. Yeah. yeah. There's, um, yeah, food's a, a difficult one for me because I'm very food driven. Love food. It's probably my biggest weakness. Um, but I've found ways to make it still fun and good with being healthy. Yeah. See, I'm an Italian, and we love our pasta. Every Sunday for years, we'd have pasta. But since I went in the hospital uh, last month, we're not doing it anymore. And you know what? Hmm. I don't miss it. Mm-hmm. I'm still living without it. Right. But I don't need that pasta and those big old meatballs like I've had every Sunday for years. Yes. And I think there's alternatives to pasta. Um, no, there's not. Are you sure? Well, it depends if you're Greek, mm. there's a Tony's because you're not Italian. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I feel like there's something. Uh, it, like it's okay because something. you know what? I, I'm living without it. Like an mm-hmm. egg pasta or something or mm-hmm. like a potato pasta. Or... But, but the reality is, is that as people... Food is part of our social world. Yes, it is, right? very much so. You get together at Thanksgiving, and you can have a small portion, but it's part of the social world we live in. Food's mm-hmm. part of the social world. And if you're from Italy, then part of that social world is that big bowl of pasta, right? It's just part of the social world yes. we live in. Um, and it's the choices that we make. Mm-hmm. Right. And we can make, and we can look around. We can make some better choices. There are some pastas like lentil pastas or rice pastas or garbanzo bean pastas. And I'm sure if you're if you're Italian, they probably don't taste quite the same. Not like, <laughs> Not like moms. Not like moms. Not like moms. It's okay, though. There. It's okay. Right. But, but it's okay. And there's some options you can make. And as you go along, as you learn better, then you start doing better. And I think the, the grocery store is really, really full of uh, minds. Of, it's like a minefield. And it's really difficult to not blow your up there. It, it, there's just minefields everywhere inside that grocery store. That's a good way to put you're, it. You're right. And they're just ready to blow you up. And you have to really navigate and be really careful where those mines are going to be. And most of the grocery store is full of mines, mm-hmm. actually. The majority of it is. There's this little tiny section that is the safe place to be. Mm-hmm. And so just as you learn more and you do better, then you make other choices. And like you talked about with the with the peppers that you were eating. And now you learn to love them and you found that they were something good. And so you can stick a little bit of that in there. Well, and one of my favorite sayings that Brenda, you've made to me before is that, you know, grocery stores now, they'll have a health food section. So does that mean the rest of the store is the unhealthy section? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. This is the healthy section. This is the unhealthy section. Every fair enough. There. But nobody has more invested interest in your health than you. Your doctor mm-hmm. really ultimately is not concerned about your health. 
he or she has lots of other patients there and they can't be that invested in your health because if they are and something happens to you, what happens to them emotionally? This has to be a job for them. I totally get it. And we get frustrated about our time with our doctors, but ultimately we need to be the ones that are taking care of our health. Mm-hmm. Well, we always bring a story yes. and we've kind of touched on it, but in our last four or five minutes, Terry, you're our story today. Because you're our... No, you've already pissed me off. I, I know, know I know. Well, in the, in, the, in the timeline of our movement here, it is now early 2019, and um, I met a gal that worked at the station and said, hey, I would love to find a way to do a radio show. And so I came wandering to the station early 2019 and met Terry. And I think it was April 2019 that we did our... that I was a guest on your show, mm-hmm. but that's when you told me your cancer story. So... Share share your story with those like of. I said earlier. It was it was I was passing kidney stones. Didn't know why. Just kept passing kidney stones, and I was actually putting them in a little jar. I had quite a little collection of them. And uh, finally, my doctor, Doctor Gabe, who's retired now from Silverton, says, "I'm going to send you up to see this doctor, Doctor Hay." We called him Smiley because he never smiled. And <laughs> he says, um, "Whoops, see him." So I went and did the blood test. The first way I, way I found out was I was KBCY was doing a blood draw for the American Red Cross or something, and they rejected my blood. And I said, well, why? It's red. What's wrong with it? And apparently they said, no, it's just not quite what we want to use. So I th- at that point, I thought, well, something's wrong. But anyhow, I went up there and uh, went in to see Dr. Hay, and they uh, they did some testing, and he called me up and said, that's when he told me. He says, uh, good news and bad news. Just I remember that conversation. I remember him starting out like that because he was just very serious. He says, you're about to pass another kidney. And I said, well, you're good. How's, what's the bad news? And that's when he told him your kidney needs to come out. And you know what? I, 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 was, I didn't know anything about kidneys. And I was wondering, don't I need two kidneys? And he says, no, no, you can survive on one. And so they took it out. And I remember going into my boss's office, Roy Dittman, who's passed away. And I remember going in there and telling him, I'm going to be gone for seven weeks. And this was Thanksgiving week. So he had all of Christmas coming up. Oh. And I'm thinking, I haven't even done my Christmas shopping yet. And I got a seven-year-old boy at home. And I'll never forget where he looked at me, and he just says, okay, take all the time you need. And he paid me full salary the entire time I was off. Nice. Um, fired me 20 years later, but that's another story. <laughs> um, that's that's but, a different episode. Yeah, that's a whole other story. But it just, when you when you hear that, it just it scares the hell out of you. It's like you said, your whole world just stops. And, you know, the whole time I was in the hospital, I went in the hospital on Monday night, Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, I was broadcasting live from my hospital bed. They had a, a brought in a, a portable Marty system and put it up on my bed there, and I was doing my show. I was in loopy land, but it didn't matter. Well, I think your care. mom kept hitting the button. Right? <sighs> Did she ever? <laughs> well, I was I was in there one day, and she says, "How are you doing?" So I go, "Mom, I'm hungry. They don't feed me around here." She goes, "Okay." So she left, and she came back in, and she opens up her purse, and she pulls out about three McDonald's hamburgers. Here, here. <laughs> I, go, I don't think they want me to shut up. She hurt me to. Okay, so I did. But uh, it's 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 a scary feeling, man. But you told it, me the scariest part for you is the fact that you'd lost a brother, a mom, what how many? And my dad. Yeah. Yeah. All three of them. And so when you said that it, it may not be hereditary, I'm thinking, well, it could be though. It could, it be. could be. You're that five percent. Um, it can be. But you know what's the best part is is I go in for these these X rays every six months and even today, um, I go in for these X rays and they tell me, No, you're clear, everything's clear. And it's such a relief. You know, they usually tell me, in three days we'll let you know. No, no, no. You guys let me know later today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I bet that is nerve-wracking going yeah. in every time. Like, it's, the hardest part is to sleep the night before. Knowing that, you know, it's, it's just an x-ray. It's not going to hurt or anything. But it's just the idea that going to sleep, 
It's on your mind. It's on your mind. Well, it is a bit fortuitous that it was almost three years from when I met you that Amanda and I started our first our, our radio show, mm-hmm. and it's a thrill to have you on our show with us. Do I get paid for this? I didn't go paid for it. Why do you pay for it? <laughs> Just thought I would run that out there. <laughs> nope, sorry. <laughs> nice try, though. Yeah. Nice try. Well, how scary. Um, I bet that was relieving when they first told you that it's it's gone. Yeah, yeah. And, and I asked him, I said, well, why did you have to take the whole kidney out? Um, because they had to break the floater rib to get the kidney out. Mm-hmm. And they said that they had to do that because if they would have poked in there trying to get the cancer out of the kidney, some of that cancer could have escaped, and then we got a whole new set of problems. So that's why they took the whole kidney out. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's a scary scary feeling. Yeah, to say the least. Well, I'm really glad that everything worked out. And I am due. <laughs> every year. Yeah. yeah. Actually, they, they wanted to do it every three years now, and I, I, I can force them, no, every year. We're going to go in every year. Good for you. Just because I don't trust you guys. Well, now keep up someone. on your health. That's it. I want those gummy bears. Yeah, that's what we got for you. <laughs> well, we're wrapping up, you guys. Thank you for joining us, Brenda and Terry. Super appreciate you guys coming in studio, especially you, Brenda, Sorry. traveling all the way from Arizona. Sorry, Terry, your chopped liver. Especially you, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you to our sponsors, Five Marketing and Keep It Sarah Simple. You guys are absolutely amazing. And we will be ne- back next Saturday as, as the, the movement, movement continues. continues. Yep.